Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB, the stuff you need to know in the day in business and markets. I'm Kyle Rodder with Danny Akuye. And uh, Danny, well, a pretty eventful day to say the least. Absolutely. A lovely relief rally that we're seeing on the market this afternoon. That's really probably the only way to describe it. Yeah, well, I mean, we were basically flatlining for most of the session. And, um, well, who could blame investors for sticking to the sidelines before that RBA decision? We'll just get the market up now to, to convey that. But um, the C by 200 finishing up 0.38%. And again, uh, we were trading in what? Slightly, ne- slightly negative territory beforehand. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and a range of about six points or five points yep. on the C by there, which, which isn't awfully much about... 10 or 20 points on the, the ASX 200. But like you said, Danny, we uh, we got that whole decision. Maybe kick the can down the road very slightly. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But yep. nevertheless, um, a little relief rally. Absolutely. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Well, let's get across some of the areas of the market that have performed well, because, uh, well, there's one area that I know you'll like. But we'll start with the banks uh, up by, well, across the board, it has to be said, the financial it's sector. An interesting reaction, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, the, the, the simpleton of me says uh, steepening yield curve, but um, again, I'm a simpleton. Um, nevertheless, I guess rising tides, floats, floats all boats. Um, yeah, no, maybe, of... maybe the, the, the commentary was viewed as being slightly less hawkish, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, well, the, the yield curve's not steepening yet, though, is it? Well, steepened slightly. So the, okay. the, the twos were down by eight, but the, the, the tens then were went up by to... three. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, simpleton um, answer. But, it's probably uh, the right answer, though. <laughs> could be. Sim- <laughs> simple sometimes is right. Exactly. Um, which is something that I hope one day to have in my headstone. Um, but let's get to the energy stocks now, shall we? Because um, a slightly different story, of course, always going to benefit from a little bit of, uh, 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 I suppose, support from, from lower interest rates or, uh, or a pricing out of interest rate hikes. But this, of course, is uh, about that, um, well, move, potential move by Saudi Saudis and the Russians to curb supply. Yeah, absolutely. So I was just speaking with um, Vanda Nahari about this. Um, interesting, because she said it's so hard to track what the Russians are up to. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the fact that they've come out and said that they're cutting exports by half a million barrels, but it, they really, you know, it, it is very difficult to know exactly what they are up to. Um, you know, she's very much of the opinion that the oil price will continue to trade in a range between, uh, I think, US 70 and uh, $77 a barrel because we're battling, you know, pretty weak macroeconomic backdrop versus the Saudis and OPEC plus doing what they can to underpin the price. Indeed. Seems like a bit of an evergreen comment too. Just... Um having trouble keeping a tra- on tra- track of what the Russians are up to. <laughs> um, but uh, let's get to, and this is what I wanted to, to point your attention to, Danny, because uh, the, the real estate sector uh, was one off. that perked up uh, sure off the basis did. of this. And uh, well, you can see, generally speaking, gains across the board. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, typically very interest rate sensitive. So uh, also too, I did note, yeah, interesting that Charter Hall was as was strong um, as well as Texas because they obviously have a slightly different exposure. Yeah, okay. So Charter Hall, like you just said, up 2.3%. 
there. So there are the major sectors for the day uh, moving and really underpinning this rally in the SIBO. But, um, well, three themes. Let's crack on to that. Yep. And on hold, of course, that's uh, the key story of the day, the RBA keeping rates unchanged at 4.1%. There was, well, I suppose that was the consensus view. Well, not the consensus view, but on balance, the majority view. Uh, nevertheless, there was uh, some uh, so something of a high price since the market prior to the meeting. So we're seeing that relief rally. Um, a 60 200 high as a result, but um, maybe just something to note too. We did have that consumer confidence rate from the ANZ. Also, of course, those comments from Dr. Brendan Wren uh, on mm. Rates Live, which you're more than welcome to watch back, of course, um, about, well, maybe some protests down at Martin Yeah, Place. apparently there was some protests outside of the RBA building, but even the RBA acknowledged how much households are hurting at the moment. So that I thought was quite an interesting uh, contrast to, you know, rising house prices versus, you know, they just want to wait and see, obviously, for that July CPI reading to come out. Yeah, that's uh, that quarterly figure, which one would imagine will hold more weight than just the CPI indicator that came out last week. Um, but there was stock news as well, Danny, mm-hmm. and uh, we'd have to get through that. Suncorp uh, was one of the well key movers and shakers uh, forecasting a 12% jump in costs associated with catastrophe reinsurance premiums and natural hazards. Uh, so you can see there just, well, the expected impact of that on the business. Um, but I suppose adds to a string of maybe some not so good news for, for the company over the last few months. Of course, there's been some of those issues around um, AML, I think, too. There were some costs associated for, for Suncorp. Maybe mm, you've got me on that one. I'm not 100 percent sure, but it's hard. It's hardly surprising that reinsurance costs are going up, given uh, the natural catastrophes that we're actually seeing at the moment. But also, too, we've had uh, looking at Costa Group. Um, they mm. have received a non-binding takeover proposal from private equity firm Payne Schwartz Partners, valuing that company at 1.63 billion. And uh, yeah, there seems to be quite a lot of action going on in our agribusinesses at the moment. We were discussing mm. elders earlier, whether or not that would be one worth having a look at. Yeah, indeed. And uh, while the ASX keeps getting smaller, uh, it would seem another... Yes. Uh, victim's not the right word. I feel like it's slightly uh, victimised because you, there's one less good asset potentially to be uh, invested in. But um, yeah, uh, taking uh, uh, one of our uh, high quality uh, companies off the exchange and uh, into private hands. But uh, also, Invercare has decided to extend the exclusivity period of TPG's uh, offer to buy the company. So another one of those M&A stories. And um, well, last but not least, Zip was back in the news too. Um, It said it will further streamline its operations and cost base after a company review. And uh, well, there's some whispers. It's cut up to 20% of its workforce. We've actually seen the stock higher today. It's sort of reminiscent a little bit of perhaps some of those tech companies earlier in the year. Absolutely. Announcing layoffs and investors sort of welcoming that as a a sign of consolidation. Yeah, well, in this case, it might be more a case of survival, but nevertheless, I don't know. I haven't looked at the company for absolutely ages. But uh, it was the stock of the day, wasn't it? And uh, we had two guests, Rudy Philippek van Dyke and David Lane on the call, chatting about Zip. See what they had to say. The, the overall context for this sector has, has massively changed. I mean, they at first had their honeymoon period when people basically just I mean, bought everything that, that just smelled like a BNPL uh, company. Yep. And, um, and subsequently, that, that 
has more matured. Uh, we get the, the authorities in there, governments are paying attention, reserve banks are paying attention. And most importantly, uh, the overall environment economically and for consumer spending is, uh, is toughening. Yep. Which means that that's not really the right time where you want to be in trouble and having to streamline your operations. Because for memory, they've been streamlined operations now for two years. Yep. Still streamlining. Yep. That's how difficult it is. Right? Yep. For me, it's uh, too much risk. It's a tough sector to be in. Um, I certainly wouldn't want to be getting into it. Um, but if you do already have those shares, uh, possibly now you know, is a reasonable time to look at averaging down. Um, the company has recently raised $25 million, and that's partly to to look at um, paying out some of their convertible bonds and convertible notes. Um, look, it is probably one of the better businesses in that, that sector. Uh, I guess over the next 12 to 18 months, we'll see what happens with that sector as to whether or not there is actually some consolidation. As you say, the likes of Block could well look at at mopping up some of the other competitors in there. Um, there no doubt will be some competitors that, that won't be around in, in 12 or 18 months' time. I think Zip is, is one that will. Um, it's in a, a better state than many of the others. But, uh, yeah, it's a really, really tough sector to be in now. Okay, so that was Zip there, and um, well, I mean, not a lot of love. Not a lot of love. <laughs> it's it's a hard it, it's a hard child to love. Yeah, it is a hard child, particularly at this stage in the economic cycle. Yeah, and yeah, they're really at the you know the the sharp end of the stick, aren't they, in terms of people being potentially impacted by rate rises? Yeah, and you yeah. know the whole company went up because of you know zero interest rate policy, I guess. Exactly, and, you know, and a trend. Flows and yeah, anyway. Mm. Um, so so no love there, but um, well, let's get to our guest for the uh, next 10 minutes or so. Martin Crabb from Shaw and Partners is at the desk. And Martin, I won't get you um, perhaps viewed on by now pay later because I would imagine it doesn't sort of make its way necessarily into the into the quite high quality portfolio that's, uh, that you run. Correct, yeah. So Correct. we'll move straight to the RBA perhaps. Okay. Um, I guess I have to ask, were you surprised by the move perhaps? Um, what did you make of it? No, I, I suppose we're, we're in the camp of the rates whisperer Mr. George Theronu, shout out to George at UBS. Uh-huh. He's got 13 in a row, right? So we, we're sticking <laughs> right. with George, and he was right again today. So mm. he felt there was um, a, a view that the Reserve Bank would wait until they got the official June quarterly CPI, because mm-hmm. this monthly stuff is, is a little bit experimental and it jumps around a bit, and also their own statement on monetary policy before they'd make a decision on rates. So that's said August, not July. And so today, as a pause, the market got it right. The market was pricing six, five or six basis points. So the market got it right. Half the economists got it wrong. Um, half the economists got it wrong last time and the time before. So, uh, and look, it's been really hard to, to yeah. pick it because we're clearly at the, at, at the end of a rate hiking cycle or towards the end. And now central banks have to weigh up, have we already done too much and do we risk doing too much? if we keep going, and, and the Fed's in that camp. The ECB and the Bank of England are not. Their, their inflation problem is, is clearly getting worse, whereas in Australia and the US, there's signs that the economy's already slowing. So job vacancies are down 10%. The Seek job ads was down 20%. It's still really high, like there's still a lot of tightness in the labour market, but it's coming off pretty quickly. And so I think there was enough evidence to suggest that a pause was in order. And then the language is always interesting, right? So they mm. took out a lot of things that they had in the last statement about the fact that inflation was still 
a concern. So they took that language out and they just left in, look, we still think it's too high. We still think we've got more work to do, but sort of handing out at, a, at a, another hike and, and then maybe they're done. The market's got 4.54 as a peak in February, which is interesting. Mm. So um, the market's leaving room for you know, a couple more hikes and the timing of that, it's pretty uncertain. It could be into the late, later part of this year. So the market's saying, you know, these rates are gonna stay here for a while. Mm. which is not mm. great for people with mortgages, right? No, absolutely not. It is interesting. I was speaking to somebody at Telstra the other day and they're definitely seeing it in terms of a lot of their customers feeling a lot of pain as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I was just reading your notes. So basically, Shoreham Partners, you're looking for only one more rate hike. Yeah, in August. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and, then and, that, and that's them done. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then depending on the path of the economy, um, i.e. they're probably over-tightened. There's a few people out there saying they've already over-tightened. Mm. Um, I'm not sure about that, but if, if they have over-tightened, we will see quite significant weakness in the second half, particularly in the labour market. Um, and so if that's the case, they're going to have to cut next year. So that's the market sort of, if you look back three, four months ago, that was the narrative is that, yeah, we'll tighten this year and then next year we'll go dramatically lower. I think rates will expect it to be 1% lower next year after the peak. They're now almost, the, the yield curve is almost flat. So mm. people are really backed off that. They need to cut. Um, but I think if the data comes through weaker um, in the next quarter or so, which it should do, then you'll see that narrative about rate cuts starting to come back in. Mm. So what's the investment implications for that? Because, you know, clearly, as we've seen in the past, any time that cuts have been priced into the market, it's been a little bit of a boost of maybe multiples, if nothing else. But yep. stocks, stocks have generally risen, much like they have today. But, I mean, under the circumstances that they need to cut, um, it probably means that uh, they've, well, taken a fair bit of life out of the labour market. Mm. And, I mean, normally, earnings track reasonably well with um, labour market conditions, if you look yep. at just general correlation. So that means, well, profits will have to drop from here. So how do you tackle that as an investor? Because I'm, I'm sure it's not all in the price yet. Yeah, look, every, every strategist globally is, is waiting for the big fall in consumption that's supposed to happen. Yeah. And, and the big uh, drop off in employment and unemployment rates start to go up and all that classic, um, you know, monetary policy induced slowdown to happen and therefore profit margins get smashed and, you know, and we have a big fall in earnings and a big fall in share prices. That's kind of the narrative everyone's been pricing in the goal for 18 months. Mm. So what is increasingly priced in is the chance that we hit this soft landing, that we hit this narrow path and that we managed to get inflation down without damaging the labour market. Now, I don't think that's been done for a very long time. Mm. And so it's kind of like, that's what reserve banks are trying to do. If we can maintain full employment and get inflation down and you can start cutting interest rates, then you know the economy's off to the, ra- off to the races, both here and, and globally. So that, that's what the market, that's why the market's been rallying this year because everyone was super bearish at the start of the year saying, well, we've got a, a global recession coming. Mm. Earnings are gonna be down 20, 30% and take share prices with them. We'll just sit back out of equities, buy some bonds and, and, and some defensive investments and just wait for the crater to happen. And it hasn't happened, so everyone's been short covering. If you look at futures, open positions in futures contracts, the market's still short. So the market's still got really? negative bets on, yeah. They've in been, Australia? Uh, globally. Globally, yeah. yeah. So more the, more the US market. Yeah. Commitment of traders, I think it's called. So it's still, it's still very short, but people have been short covering. And that's why every time the market has a pull off, like it did a few weeks ago, people just step in and buy it because the market's very short. Mm. Mm, absolutely. Is it, I mean, how many times have central banks actually managed this so-called elusive soft landing? Because 
it then it doesn't happen very often, does it? No. 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 Yeah. So I mean, I suppose the playbook for inflation, you almost have to go back 40, 50 years to find any yeah. inflation, right? So there hasn't really been a phenomenon for, you know, for 20 years. You go back to the 70s and 80s and they had to absolutely destroy the economy to get inflation mm. down because they had two goes at it. There was the initial one in the 1970s where they put rates up to 20% in Australia. Then they thought they'd done the job. Inflation was coming back down and then it went sh- shot straight back up again because mm. of the spiral and they had to go 20% rates again. So, you know, twice in a decade we had 20% rates. So that's been the playbook to kill inflation. That's not a particularly nice one, but I think that's... Um, yeah, the, but I think you don't rule out the, the narrow path, the soft landing. Don't rule that out. As an investor, do not be so bearish on the economy, particularly as numbers start to get bad, that you're out of the market because yeah. there is this a really good chance that they hit that they hit that soft landing and you spot. want to be in the markets if that happens, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. So think, think of things at the margins, I suppose, perhaps. Um, yeah. Wanted to talk Suncorp as well because that was some interesting news today mm. on the corporate front. You've got a you've got a bit of a view on it too. Yeah. I mean, what did you make the uh, the the, uh, the news? Costs. Yeah. I mean, the, the news wasn't great. I mean, obviously their their peril costs or catastrophe costs. Yeah, they've guided them high about a hundred and something million bucks. So, for the, for those viewers who, who maybe don't understand the insurance sector as well, what, what general insurers tend to do is they they'll take the first X percent of a loss. And then they'll buy reinsurance. So they'll go to another insurance company and say, look, we'll take the first 1.36 billion of losses. We want you to take above that and we'll pay you a premium. That's called reinsurance. So their reinsurance, um, you know, as Danny said, reinsurance costs have gone up a lot. Yeah. Interest rates are much higher, so capital's more expensive. And there's been heaps of weather events, a lot, yeah. a lot in Australia. We've had we've had the four horses of the apocalypse, right? We've had we've had bushfires, we've had, you know, floods, we've yeah. had um, pandemics, we've had everything, right? So yeah. general insurers have been absolutely belted. Mm. But, you know, so that wasn't good news today. Suncorp said, look, our reinsurance expenses are going to be higher next year. Um, our catastrophe costs were higher this year. We're not going to pay all this reinsurance. We're going to keep some of the risk in-house. So they probably need to have a, a little bit of a bigger balance sheet. So selling the bank's really important for them. So the, the ACCC is not, ANZ want to buy it, they want to sell it. Mm. The ACCC has got a bit of a, a lock on it at the moment. That re- releases a lot of capital for them. So that would really help them. So if anything, they're saying to the market, we're confident we can get that sale away and we're gonna, we're gonna keep a bit more capital on, on balance sheet and wear some of this reinsurance cost ourselves rather than paying these expensive prices. So we still like the space. We think, unfortunately, all of us who take out insurance, insurance yeah. premiums are going up and they're probably going up for the next few years as the industry recovers from, from the catastrophes that it had. So you want to be in insurance, whether it's health insurance or, um, or general insurance. So we like Suncorp's our favourite. We like QBE in the commercial space as well. Martin, uh, from top to bottom, really appreciate it. Um, we'll get you back in obviously in a week's time. But uh, Martin Crabshaw and Partners, thank you so much. Okay, well, let's get to the leaders and laggards, shall we? Uh, just to see, well, who finished top and bottom for the day? Buster Group. There we go, 12.4%. And um, I don't know, that one looks like it's uh, moving on to trim. Uh, if, if you've seen, what, it's been a 20% gain in the last two days. Costa? Mm. Well, so they've got a private equity offer. Well, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm saying since they came through yeah, yesterday, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, 20%, I know. so it might be a good chance just to yeah. sort of take some off the table there potentially yeah, before um, 
Yep. For it disappears. Yeah, interesting. I think Silver Lake Resources, they had an update today um, in terms of production, if my memory serves me correctly. I thought Linus was quite interesting. I wonder mm. if that has anything to do with President Wadodo over here in Australia talking critical minerals, lithium. Well, we've got Santa Mining and Paladin Energy there. So, yeah. um, you know, perhaps two other players in the, um, well, yeah, I guess, alternative no, energy space yeah, slash no, you know, green. No announcement amount. there. So um, I thought that might be, maybe it's a bit of a tenuous link, but uh, yeah, that's what I thought. My favorite links are the tenuous ones personally, just like my uh, bond market analysis before, but um, small, uh, actually, laggards. sorry, laggards, uh, jumping ahead. Um, there we go. Uh, domain, interestingly enough, off by 2.6%. Uh, one might have thought otherwise, yeah. given uh, the uh, news of the day, but maybe we can look into whether there's anything driving that. Um, Star Entertainment pulling back, always volatile. Reese as well. Uh, Chalice Gold Mines and Brambles also lower. No news there for Domain. Can't see anything there. No. Okay, so just uh, just a dip, but not a big one anyway. It's it's pretty par for a course. Um, and uh, well, the, the the leaders, sorry, the laggards were you know relatively few and far between. It was a pretty solid day for the market. Um, but let's get to the small caps now, and uh, the leaders on that front. Stone Shield had an announcement as well. Yeah, I think they had a. Um, they're up fifteen percent today. They had, I think, they won a contract. So that might have had something to do with the rally in that share price. I did see a few um, press releases hit our uh, inbox, so maybe we might be lucky enough to, to talk to the company. They, they have made themselves quite available for us in the past, so uh, maybe we'll get some colour on that in the next few days. Um, anything else that jumps out to you there necessarily, perhaps? Um, no, but not? I did see Claude Walker looking quite happy on Twitter, so I think he might open. Does he own drone shield? I'm not too sure. Yeah, he's a small cats guy, <laughs> and he's always happy. He's just such a happy guy. Um, but uh, let's get to the laggards. Um, uh, on the small cap space just very quickly as well. Um, yeah, nothing that um, really... Sunland. Jumps out. Yep, Sunland. Isn't that a property developer? Uh, yeah, you have a, take a gander. Yeah, I think it is. Okay. Mm, but no I news. don't know anything. No, not that I'm aware of. Yeah, okay. Well, that's off by 19% correct, for, for what it's worth. Moving on, and uh, well, let's just get to what we've got coming up in the next 24 hours now for the market. Uh, some PMI figures, Cation Services PMI and ANZ Commodity Price Index, that's tomorrow. Um, of course, not a lot going on tonight. We do have the Independence Day holiday in the United yes. States. So happy Independence Day to those who celebrate. Um, but Wall Street offline, basically everything offline, we're going to have a pretty quick lead tomorrow morning. Absolutely. Unfortunately. Yes, indeed. Okay, so uh, well, that does do it for uh, the COB for another day. It's been, well, an exciting day, or at least on the last couple of hours. Interestingly, sorry, I just thought mm. I'd check in and see the Aussie dollar. So it's actually pretty much retraced all of those losses. So it's standing at 66 spots, 66 US cents at the moment. Oh well, yeah, I suppose that narrative was, um, you know, when and uh, not if the RBA hikes again. So maybe Indeed. that's starting to reflect the fact that we've got at least one more in the barrel. Of course, Martin saying before that uh, he was positioning as much. And uh, well, the markets seem to be broadly as well. But um, well, you can get all the news and analysis as well as that rates live decision if you really Absolutely. want to watch it back and all the uh, the commentary that we got there on your website and app. Otherwise, have a lovely evening. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Bye. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.